Hi, everybody. Welcome to a, another episode of Divided Films, the podcast where audiences and critics disagree about movies and we pick a side. With me, as always, is my co-host, Keith. Hello! And joining us on the podcast today, our good friend, Bobby Torino. Welcome, Bobby. Hello! <laughs> uh, it's actually... Sharing the wealth. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, good to have you on for the first time, Bobby. Thank you, Thank you for having me. Um, and uh, I really es- escaped my mind. You-, you told me a second ago people can find you on Twitch. And what was the name of your handle again? Yeah, Chicken Tender 64 All right. Um, definitely <laughs> <laughs> is making me hungry just thinking about it. Uh, but uh, thank you for um, coming on the podcast today Absolutely. for our episode. So uh, this week... We are discussing the 2004 thriller, The Butterfly Effect, starring Ashton Kutcher. This movie falls into the category of having a negative score with critics and a positive score with audiences. On Rotten Tomatoes, 33% of critics approve, 81% of audiences approve, so you have a 48% difference there that's pretty significant. And the critics' consensus, the premise is intriguing, but it's placed in the service of an overwrought and tasteless thriller. And uh, I personally think the word that is key in that consensus is tasteless. Yeah. <laughs> this movie, for <laughs> me, is really uh, going for extremes and does not have any sort of subtlety or finesse. It is just uh, going, I feel like, a lot of times for like the lowest common denominator. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but there you have it. I'm not surprised by this particular divide. Um, Bobby, as our guest, uh, what you know is your experience with this movie, and what are your thoughts about this divide? So it's funny. I, I messaged you the other day, or I mm-hmm. messaged one of you, and uh, right, I was fully prepared to defend this movie. I, I, I enjoyed it back in the day, and uh, until I watched it a couple of days ago, and yeah. I, in good conscience, cannot. <laughs> cannot recommend yeah. this one, but we can go into that. Uh, I, to give my little blurb, I guess uh, if Donnie Darko is alternative rock, Butterfly Effect is new metal um, that <laughs> you have nostalgia for. You might remember it fondly, but it's not good. Is is dare I say is Butterfly Effect the Nickelback of films? It might be the Nickelback of time travel, but we'll see. <laughs> Okay, um, we'll see. And what about what about you, Keith? Uh, yo, I, I'm I'm with Bobby that I had fond memories of this movie in like seventh or eighth grade, and I was expecting like I knew eighty one was too high, but I thought thirty thirty one thirty three was too low. No, it's it, this movie's silly though. This movie is silly, like. It made me laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll I'll flip the tasteless and just like it. it I'm not gonna say it warms your heart like Showgirls <laughs> or Battlefield Earth, but it's it's so s- stupid. Yeah, I think <laughs> this movie does a lot of really obvious things that I just howled at. Right, like 
there's um as everyone as for anyone who doesn't know in this movie explores the idea of someone going back in time doing something different to correct a wrong and then it starts a new timeline with unforeseen consequences right and i really couldn't help but laugh in one of the timelines it starts off with ashton kutcher it's the one where basically he in the future is an amputee right he like has no arms or legs but when they reveal that I thought it was so funny because he's like stretching. It's like, oh man, why aren't my arms in frame? Because <gasps> they're not there. Like they zoom out, and it's so obvious. This movie does a lot of really silly things that are supposed to be like shocking sort of moments or a wow moment, but it just comes off as silly. I think it either takes itself way too seriously or not seriously enough. It's kind of like a mix of both, and it has again some interesting ideas but ultimately it kind of just goes for shock value when in doubt uh so that that is my my biggest beef with this movie yeah i'm with you i actually think that i'll say the i'll say the pro right off the bat i think conceptually and i think why a lot of people remember it fondly maybe is because it actually isn't like a terrible uh time travel uh concept right it's not that bad um it's uh, and also what I like it does it does explore when a lot of time travel movies don't explore a lot are the paradoxes that you know occur when you change time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think unfortunately though this movie uh, breaks its own rules consistently. Yes, <laughs> and it doesn't really have rules. They don't really <laughs> set anything up though. <laughs> but yeah, well, I find it so funny too because. It's the butterfly effect, and the idea of that comes from the idea that something so insignificant, if you change it in the past, could have huge ramifications on the future. But it seems to me like the almost the opposite is happening in this movie, where he'll do really big differences in his past for sometimes very small differences in the future. Yes. Like his, the only difference in his own life between the first timeline and in the third timeline is that him and his roommate sleep on different sides of the dorm room. <laughs> That's like the only difference. His life is totally the same in the first and third timelines. I mean, it's everyone else's life that gets fucked up. But, uh, like, there's not huge, huge changes in the timelines that you'd expect. There's just kind of like a few things that are different, uh, even though he's going back and do what are actually more monumental changes. There's a really, really unforgivably stupid scene in this movie. Um that happens it's it's really bad on both levels and i think this was the moment of the movie where i'm just like you know fuck this i can't <laughs> we had to curse on this i don't know i'm so yeah. fucking loose. cool cool because i was like i was watching it i was gonna give it a, a real fighting chance and then this moment happened and um it's the scene where he's in jail after killing um he kills uh, the, the brother <laughs> Right, it's like kills the brother. She kills yeah. the brother in one in the college in the fraternity timeline, and he ends up in he ends <laughs> up in prison. And yeah. in prison, he uh, convinces an inmate that he has <laughs> he has um, the power the power of God, <laughs> really. And oh he yes, his, uh, he exploits his belief in Jesus, you know, to to help him out with his with his with his escape. 
And this is where it really breaks its own logic because he goes back in time. He stigmatizes himself. He, he yeah. goes back to his like his like elementary school classroom and finds like two sharp objects, and he stigmatizes himself. But and that's not okay. That's not what I'm I have a problem with. Although it was really stupid, he like calls out his teacher's name and then he does it like okay right before he slams his like, hand. Right before he, he slams spikes. it, and that should have a larger impact than it does. But when he comes back, he's right back in the prison. That doesn't make any sense. It breaks no team. effect at all. No effect at all. And like okay. Here's where it gets worse. That inmate, his inmate Pablo, is played by a white actor in really bad. Yeah, he, I was face. like, wait a second. I'm watching. I'm looking at this guy like, huh? <laughs> like, I'm not sure about this casting. It's just, it's like. Shouldn't right he there, have man. the stigmata going into that prison? Like that. That's like the 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 whole logic of him. He would have stigmata going into the prison of that timeline, as opposed to just it forming. Yeah. Right. Because he just. Yeah. There are times where he goes back and he does something and he goes right back to the same timeline, right? But it's so it's unclear what exactly has to do to go to a different timeline. Uh, but the the hands thing, I would think that if you maimed your hands in the past, you would have a pretty significant something would have to change. It wouldn't be in the exact same right, spot. Exactly. The only difference now is that your hands have scars. Is that the only difference? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, like, instead of little things that make big changes, it's huge things that have very minute changes. That's the opposite of the butterfly effect. I feel like I went to, like, a, a local town city festival, nothing like Cannes or Sundance in 2004, and this was the movie that was, like, some kids made this right out of college. Mm -hmm. It's the MTV. It's, like, it's made right out for, like, the MTV yeah. people. Like, it looks like a music no, video it's certainly edited one, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Do you, guys, do you guys notice that the color palette changes a lot in this movie? Awfully. And I find that to be. It does, yeah. It, that is like another very obvious thing. Like during the fraternity timeline, like before he goes to college, when everything's hunky dory, it's like a very bright and colorful look to it. And then like he goes to prison and everything is like muted. Or, like, in the timeline when Amy Smart's a prostitute, everything is, like, grimier looking. It's, like, a lot of very obvious things that the movie's doing. And I think the movie is trying to come off as, like, cool or edgy, but it's all, like, surface level. Nothing actually <laughs> right. in, in the way of, uh, you know, interesting writing, just, again, going for the shock value. My favorite moment was, like, the timeline when he wants to save his dog or, like... And he he gives Lenny like this sharp thing. He's like, "This is going to use this to cut the rope, mm -hmm. okay?" And he manages to convince Tommy to not burn the dog, and everything's gonna turn out okay. And Lenny comes back and stabs him. I was <laughs> that took me by surprise. Like just like <laughs> the day is saved, chunk. Yeah. Which like into why? the back. <laughs> like I get like the, I don't know. he made like Lenny repeat like this is for the rope. This is very explicit about very it. Very explicit. Very in your face direct. No not Which a lot also, of subtlety. It also seems to me like he can like he, he redoes the Eric Stoltz scene twice. Twice he goes back to the scene where uh, the dad is That's, filming why them. Why do revisit and, that scene twice? Seriously. Twice. I mean, I wish they didn't do it in the first place. Really? That was so tasteless. That's tasteless. It, that That's, was the tasteless. Like, That's, That's the tasteless keyword. That's right the tasteless. That was handled so horribly, but they, they revisit that scene twice. So it seems to me 
like in the timeline when um you know lenny kills tommy which was not intended it seems maybe he could just go back again and this time be like definitely don't kill tommy <laughs> like he gets, it seems like he could maybe try again he wasn't trying hard enough <laughs> he could have like no. tried to tweak some of his his uh you know his time travels. What was he? Also, trying- Tommy was like Tommy was like half the height. I kept watching this, going like, you know, all these kids are like, you know, pretty tall for their age, and then Tommy comes in at like half. Like he goes up, to, like he's half of the kid's height. I think comes up to his waist. Like he's a short. He's got kid. Wolverine strength, though. He picks up that stool and beats the <laughs> shit out of that guy. <laughs> yeah. he, should, he tackled when another favorite moment is like. He tackles that woman and her baby. Oh man, and that's what made it become like he full on, he full on like tackles her, and that's like you know that was such a hilariously obvious like ADR line as well. I'll save you, lady. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? So out of character. So like the baby flies out of her hand. Which again, I also thought that was another very cheap ploy is that the stick of dynamite kills a woman and her newborn baby like it's not enough to just like harm someone they have to kill a baby as like the thing because that is like an unforgivably horrible thing that they kind of just gloss over and that's what i'm saying the movie could like doesn't have to make it that extreme but it kind of does for uh you know i'm gonna sound like a broken record but the shock value like the other thing too when he decides to go all the way back to when him and Amy Smart character first meet his kids, and he's like, okay, the only way to make things right is so for us to never be friends in the first place. So he goes back to that first meeting. And instead of just being like, I don't want to be friends with you, go away, he says to her, I'm going to kill your whole damn family if you talk to me again. Like, what? Like, why does he have to be a psycho? It's just miserable. Say, it's just a just, miserable film. <laughs> I know. It's just constantly making, like, the worst choices you could possibly think of. I remember before the blackout was holding my hands over Kaylee's ears. I think I was more focused on her hands on mine. Ladies, stay back. Don't go near the mailbox. Idiots. I mean it, let me get the help back! I'll save you, lady! I, I actually watched the a little bit of the director's cut or the director's ending. I'm and, aware of it. I've never seen it. And if you if you if you want to know like theatrical shock value is that for the viewers at home that the theatrical cut was he does go back as a kid and tells uh, Amy Smart's character to f off and all that stuff. But the original, in the script, they wanted, this is like the original ending of the movie that the directors wanted. He goes back all the way to when he was a fetus, like right before mm-hmm. he's born, and wraps the umbilical cord yes. uh, around his neck. <laughs> like that. He, I'm like, that, that's what they were fighting for. He, he goes <laughs> back in time and kills himself as he's being born. Which again is like insane. Wouldn't he have to have <laughs> and a they also, of that? I just I don't understand that logic. <laughs> I think it's also assumed, or I could be wrong here, that like the the mom had two other miscarriages uh, or stillbirths before, and I think it's assumed that those t- other two kids were time travelers because it's uh. only in the male. Uh, it like it's it's. I also had to laugh at that they went into, like, you want to check this out? They went into a random fortune teller. 
Oh, in the, that's the, the, director's, the director's cut. cut. Yeah, yeah, that's the director's, the director's cut. cut. They do that because I guess so it was someone was filming him being born, right? And that's how he was able to. The do dad that. happened to have a camera right there. Yes. Right. Oh, and then I I kind of made myself laugh because in the scene when he visits his dad, and then he blacks out, and then the dad's strangling him, and then they kill the dad <laughs> to get him off, which is again like the worst possible thing that could happen. Uh, the next scene is him in the car traumatized, but I thought to myself, what if the mom was like, you know, besides your dad getting killed, I thought that went well. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of levity would have taken this movie a long way. I tell you. Oh, would, <laughs> Some would humor would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. It takes, again, it's taking itself like way too seriously at times. Really? Uh, which is really unfortunate because it is so silly. And if it had some sort of self-awareness, I would have appreciated it more. But no, I'm laughing at it and not with it at all. Um, and then oh. uh, the rest of the, I mean, everything, like the... Um, some of the archetypes too that they play on uh like when he's a fraternity guy in the fraternity timeline he the outfit he wears when he's like first like getting used to the fraternity timeline it is like the most generic basic frat boy douchey look they could possibly think to put on him and then his goth roommate is like such oh, an over oh, the top i love thumper. oh we got to talk about thumper thumper we got to talk we got to talk about thumper why is Thumper? Not even what what why is Thumper? First of all, what I is the point of this when I when I forgot and I had the same mistake when I first watched this movie years ago. I thought Thumper was Lenny who was <laughs> so traumatized from his that childhood too. that he that he grew up to be like a really extreme over the top goth kid, but no, it's just like this random guy that's super goth who gets a lot of action and is like again it's like someone dec someone designed him based off of a hot topic catalog that is what this guy looks like i have written under prose ethan supley whistling like <laughs> <this> <laughs> yeah, yeah, when, oh, yeah 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 just breaks a pool stick and starts whistling at a bunch of fraternity brothers and <sighs> and uh, sorority sisters and i was like yeah what? Cool. I was, why, why is Thumper like? What is the point? Why is like no, like there's, <laughs> there's no there's purpose. no there's no, like I kind of threw away having an I kind of threw away of this character or a lot of characters having arcs in this movie, but it's just like there's no like why. <laughs> why like he's just having sex on he's having sex on the bed like Jabba the Hutt. And granted, this is what Ethan Suppley was like. Like he looks great now. Uh, but this is what hit him and his like obese like he they they I don't know I don't coming, know what the he, point of this character he was coming of fresh off of uh, Boy Meets World if if uh, the, if the time in my head works right like that like just this, and all all the Kevin Smith movies too like oh, and uh, American History X like he was uh, but it's just like I thought this character would have like some kind of like oh this is like I thought they were friends before maybe or they just happened to maybe, be random like, roommates. I mean, he's a pretty terrible roommate. He has sex in Ashton Kutcher's bed. The whole yeah, point. that's it's very strange. The whole college subplot to me is very unfocused and underdeveloped because we we have uh, Evan set up to be, you know, writing like he's he's doing research that's supposed to change the way scientists think about the brain. And I'm obviously thinking to myself, okay, he's at, at this point, he's already figured out maybe the time travel abilities. 
and that's what they're talking right. about. But they never really go into what he's studying and how it even pertains to time traveling. I thought it was going to be like a lead way, like that was going to transition to into his discovery. But the only the reason he discovers yeah. it is because a uh, hookup one night is just like forces him to read his misery diaries. Right. He, <laughs> he could have been studying anything else. I'm waiting. It was almost as if. The fact that he's studying memories was a complete coincidence and fluke and has, again, nothing that doesn't bring him to rediscover the journals. You're right. It's it's like a completely uh, irrelevant to everything that's going on, even though at first you you think it'll have something to do with it. I mean, the work that he's doing, too. It sounds like he's doing Ph.D. work, not undergrad studying of like changing the way that we think about memories like is very like vague and unclear. Um, I, I do have to say too, the one thing I was impressed back then, and I still am now is how they were able to cast kids who really do look like the younger versions of the characters specifically, like they casted kids who did look like young versions of Ashley yeah. Kutcher, maybe, maybe just cause they had the same haircut the whole time. <laughs> My girlfriend noticed. I didn't that know that too. was Logan Lerman. Yeah, that is Logan. I didn't Lerman. know that was Logan. Yeah. Who like... actually was in a movie we recently discussed Noah, right? Um, but it, that took me a second to notice him. Uh, but yeah, like I was like, oh man, like yeah, maybe because just the haircut. But these kids do like I kind of buy this the the growth of the characters uh, from kids to teens. I know people hated. I like this is such a weird movie to the like one positive or at least one thing that I didn't mind was a lot. In even the critics kind of like I didn't like Ashton Kutcher and Ergo that made the movie worse for me. I think because of – if the main character of this movie was a college – like, because of how they wrote the main character, that Ashton Kutcher filled that role pretty – I thought he did a – I thought he was fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. I like, think I, this might have been his first, like, non-comedic role. Uh, I'm not sure. I know just a few years before, he had a groundbreaking performance in Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> Uh, and I forget what he was in between. I think this was also around the time that he was doing Punked. Uh, but this is like maybe yeah, he the was, first he was serious living, thing. Like he, was, he was like in movies with Brittany Murphy, and he right. was doing uh, – like I, this was him like – I guess he fell in love with the script because I think the movie got funding or it got greenlit because of him signing on to it. I mean he was a, he was a big name at the time, right? I mean uh, he definitely had appeal. Yeah. So yeah. I can see that. Um, and then who else in the cast? Amy Smart, who, I don't know, is like hit and miss for me. I feel like Amy Smart, I, I can't, I don't know a ton of movies she's in, but anytime I see her in something, she always seems to just like, just raise her voice a lot. That's kind of she's, like her acting style. I, everyone's just fine in this. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I think okay. she's, I think she's better than Ashton Kutcher. I think Ashton Kutcher is fine up until the ending. <laughs> There's like the last five minutes i feel like he goes like full kelso like i said i want my oh. journals i want them now watching a timeline watching yeah. a comedy yet i feel like yeah, I, when, when, oh when oh. the doctor is explaining like you know like you there you have your hands like like you're just explaining this whole like trying to confuse the audience like this is a dream the entire time it's like oh i didn't buy you that know, you were never a sorority man you I, were never the, the a sorority movie really man really tries to make you think the whole thing might have been in his head the whole time like get the hell out of here with that crap i'm not buying that for a second and yeah those last 5 minutes when he has the longer hair 
and it's like that last timeline they do that this thing that i feel like a few other thrillers did at the time where they start the movie with a scene that's from the end sequence right the movie the movie opens up with a scene from the end they basically repeat it again at the end which might make sense for this movie with the concept of going back in time but it's not like he's going back to the beginning of the movie in that moment the movie just from an editing point of view just goes back to the beginning and so it really serves no purpose at all to start the movie with the climax of of the film of the story and like what is he even doing he like is writing on a piece of paper for no reason. Like, if you find this, then I am dead. Like, what? Like, why are you writing this? To, Who like, is this for? Set up some suspense. I don't know what they were trying Just to do. Just for like some confusion. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not, it's not, I'm not sure what he was trying to accomplish by that. But right, I, I think I'm trying. I think um, Swordfish is another movie that comes to mind. That is like it starts off at like the big thing at the end, and then let's retrace our steps and find out how we got here. Uh, does that add anything? Does that make the movie more interesting? Not really. No. What time is it? It's time for you to do what I tell you to do. Wrong answer, fuckbag. This is the very moment of your reckoning. In the next 30 seconds, you're going to open up one of two doors. The first door will forever traumatize your own flesh and blood. What, what's happening? How are you doing this? I will say, though, uh, Ashton Kutcher, uh, Evan, running around uh, the hallways at the end. I don't know if you've ever seen the Harry Potter movies, but when Filch, that custodian, the custodian Filch, runs around Hogwarts. Oh, yeah. He's got this weird hunch run. I just couldn't take it seriously at the end. It was very strange. And it was just, I don't know. It was unintentionally This movie makes a lot of weird... Yeah, no, it's it's, uh, like... I started to like. I know it was like a uh, a tough scene for the actors or for the characters, but I. Why did they have when Amy Smart is leaving work for the first time? Like you know, she's a waitress. She's and it hits all the tropes. She's bad at her job. The guy grabs her ass. She's yeah. like, uh, like, and then Ashton Kutcher comes in and she goes, "Why would you remind me of all that? Uh, this? Why are you here?" And she like runs away. Into the it night. It kind of reminded me. It, into no, it's just like she's crying. It kind of reminded me of a uh, like when Lainey from uh, Not Another Teen Movie would cry and run out of the room. It's just like oh, don't cut the cap. Like don't be on the street and having this conversation because she's like walking for another like two miles or yeah. something. And then the brother calls. He found he somehow found out the number to Ashton Kutcher. It's <laughs> like oh yeah, by the way. By, by the way, uh, like, I'm going to kill you for what you did to my sister. By the way, my, if you want to call me back, my number is 324. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. The brother just constantly wants to kill Ashton Kutcher. Just... Tommy should be put down. Tommy should have been put down. <laughs> well, I don't know. It seems like uh, – I guess the movie's trying to say that because of, like, the childhood abuse, he turns out so problematic. Oh, yes. but because he... then in the timeline where Ashton Kutcher has no arms or legs – that is when, you know, he had actually an amazing childhood and turns out to be like the complete opposite character, this Tommy guy. Then he turns out to be like a born again Christian who is like has no sort of resemblance at all. I'll save to the you, character lady. That... Yeah. <laughs> From then on, he was like a saint and he had no resemblance at all to the other versions of the character. Yeah. Why in that timeline did he just decide to, you know, do the right thing? 
<laughs> and then sure, like i mean Butterfly become <laughs> one of the characters from the book of mormon i guess yeah that's a that's, that's right he, the he, butterfly that's the butterfly effect, effect right <laughs> he, he was like he was like threatening lenny like the part where that, that like that's true to the timeline itself like he like threatens lenny to like yeah, i'm not going out there like you do it you pussy yeah or something like that it, it, it says a lot of like so... really upsetting things so, yeah he says to lenny like another word and I'll kill your mother in your sleep or in her sleep or something like that. Because then Lenny, when he's traumatized an adult, he does like the Rain Man thing where he's like repeating things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like he said, he repeats the Tommy lines. So And uh, Evan goes, uh, so you like model planes? <laughs> <laughs> you think? Uh, hey. <laughs> His whole fucking room has got nothing but model planes. Oh, model planes, huh? I guess the one thing that I thought was interesting from a setup perspective was – the mystery of the blackouts as a yes. kid he's constantly blacking out and you don't know why and then it turns out that those are the windows in which he can go back in time to so i thought that was the one kind of clever idea i did too. that's like oh okay so that's what's going on and or like it, yeah i'm like why for example he blacks out you know, in the the one time when he, he spikes his hands he also that's when he also had done that really disturbing drawing which turns out to be a prison character, him like murdering the prison guards. Like, why would he have taken the time when he goes back into this flashback to do this drawing of him killing the, the <laughs> other inmates? Why that must have taken like like so much time to do before he spikes his hands? Like, I, I guess that was that supposed was... to show like his deteriorating mental state, kind of similar to his father. But I, yeah, mm-hmm. I I was watching it too, like. Why is he just gonna take the time to do a pretty good drawing of a of mm-hmm. min- inmates being murdered? <laughs> Him murdering the inmates, which I guess when you first see that, you're, that's supposed to be like a foreshadow, or it's supposed to be like, oh, so that's why he drew that. But that that doesn't really explain why he drew it. It just explains where it comes from. I don't know that that didn't really like many other things. It didn't add up. Conceptually, um, I, I really end, do like the blackout idea, and it, and it does address yes. the paradox issue. But you're right, the execution. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, Some of those I know. even there. the the times like so. His idea too, when he goes back to the the scene with Eric Stoltz, and what is he, he calls Eric Stoltz the same thing a couple of times? Like fuckbag? Is that what he calls Eric Stoltz? Like hey, fuckbag? Like you know, be a normal father and. Like, all this guy needed to, all this, like, perverted pedophile dad needed was a stern talking to from uh, a young boy. And he t- totally turns around and becomes, like, yeah. a good father after that. He, get, he gets really right into the movie making. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, like, he's not there for, like, five minutes. He's like, we're going to make a movie. Take your clothes off. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Jumps right into it. It's, that's the trash. That's the trash. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Eric Stoltz kind of has that creepy vibe to him especially in this movie and so the second he appears on screen i'm like oh man is he gonna be like a, a pedo or something and like sure enough he is like the way they make him out right i found it um, really strange that in those in those uh flashbacks to the the eric stoltz character thing i hate it but <laughs> what I don't understand is, and I understand that Logan Lerman, who was playing young Evan, was to put, it was supposed to be shocking that the words that he was saying were like, you know, supposed to be really confusing and baffling Eric Stoltz, right? But Ashton Kutcher hasn't ever really, like, his character was never crass. 
Like, you don't see his character being mm. overly crass. He doesn't call people, like, fuckbags and stuff like that. So to see yeah. kind of that disconnect with Logan Lerman and Ashton Kutcher, like, I understand what they were trying to do. Like, they were trying to have him come off, you know, shocking, that it would make Eric Stoltz think, what the hell's going on? Yeah, that's a good point. There's definitely a lot of inconsistency yeah, but with yeah. the Evan characterization, too. Yeah, because he, yeah, you would think then when he goes into his younger selves, they would emulate the persona of Ashton Kutcher the way he's done it. Um, but then also in the fraternity storyline or timeline, I thought it was really out of character that he would straight up kill like the Tommy character after like subduing him. Like he sprays him with the mace. And I can understand he's mad, but he just like takes that bat and just bashes his head in. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, why? Like, how? How did he become like this super violent character all of a sudden when he wasn't like that at all for the rest of the movie? We got to get from plot A to plot B. Yeah. And they're not. They're not that equipped. Uh, granted, the, uh, these these guys did write Final Destination two, mm. and that they makes sense. created. I really don't want to like. I can understand they must have written this screenplay, and I think a lot of people like read it. Like, and it does have an intriguing pre. Like, yes. it has a really good elevator pitch. It has a good engine if it was a car, and then it just it's on a shitty car. It just mm-hmm. uh, like they get to the end and they go, wait a minute, like what? Yeah. Like who's Thumper? Why? I bet every person who read the script is saying, why? What the point? What the fuck is the point of Thumper? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's just I don't. It's like, it's like giving your teenage self, like, an opportunity to write a script. Yeah, it's maybe. like how like like fuck bag, like, like you get to, you get to cur- you get to curse willy nilly, and it kind of makes sense that like once Ashton Kutcher, who was like he was on top of the world at this time, like his career was at a career high. Like once he signed on to it, they could make this movie made bank. I under right. and I know why. This is a Great Friday Mall movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes Absolutely. sense. I mean, um, the dialogue definitely left something to be desired. I mean, not, <laughs> not just, not just uh, I mean, from, from the characters all around. There was, like, in the fraternity timeline, when Ashton Kutcher's like, you know, sorry, am I acting weird or something? And Amy Smart has a line that's like, well, if you think four orgasms are weird, then yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh, oh. What? There's just some really odd... and. It's like, how do you deliver some of these lines? Like the actors try their best, but it's like I don't, I wouldn't know where to start with some of these lines. Oh uh, yeah, it's like an actor's challenge when you get some really baffling dialogue. How do you, you know, what can you possibly say? Oh, uh, when she was a hooker, and she was the hookiest hooker who ever hooked. Oh, so cliche, uh, like, like the rundown apartment, you know, like the bad teeth, the outfit, and everything. I, it's you like, got five, you, you got fifteen minutes. I got another appointment next. It's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 every sort of characterization is the most cliched sort of thing you can think of, whether it's a prostitute or fraternity sorority, um, you know, like a like a, a troubled teen or something. Because even uh, when they when you first see them as like I guess young teenagers, thirteen year olds, it's like, oh man, this Evan character is so cool. He wears t shirts over his sweaters and he independent skating company he, shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, He's got the and they're smoking hair and he's smoking cigarettes. What a cool guy. Let's go see Seven. 
It's out yeah, in the theaters uh, they, right now. <laughs> they drew a lot of attention to the movie Seven, which I'm pretty sure these are all New Line Cinema movies, right? Because even the marquee of the movie theater was like Dumb and Dumber and Seven. And I'm like, okay, it's very much 1995, I suppose. <laughs> like early 1995. And I'm pretty sure there's a New Line Cinema movie. So like, were they just trying to like, these are the movies we have access to. So like put them in there. Yeah, I bet it was just like a random movie in the script. I but just love poster, how that <laughs> that seven poster was in frame for at least like I mean that whole the whole sequence before they go in that seven poster is in frame for a while. I'm like, are they trying to promote like the DVD or something? What's We've done on? good movies too. That's what. <laughs> sure. Uh, I I love that whole sequence at the how a random person trips Tommy. Tommy beats him like with an inch of his life with a like. And he's escorted out by ushers. <laughs> yeah, no police. <laughs> like, he's escorted. Like, no police. They're not even, like, citizens arresting this kid. He's just escorted. Like, get out. I, I think one did say, like, We're, get out of here, kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shoo, scram. And he, like, freaking bashed in that guy's face. <laughs> yeah, everything is so extreme this movie. It's kind of exhausting. It's honestly. a little exhausting. By the end, I was, I was, like, kind of relieved that it was over. It's repetitive, and that's I think that's the biggest problem because you don't really get any character progression because they just keep jumping back and forth and changing characters up, and mm-hmm. you don't really get a – there's not a lot of consistency with the characters, and right. you don't really the, care for them. And the timelines, the timelines are too similar. That's another problem. Like in each timeline, he's at the same college, and it would have been really interesting if he found himself like – in really drastically different situations instead of like the same setting every time like your life is not that drastically different well my question to you both is uh and this thought occurred to me when i was watching this if you had a chance in in this 2021 viewing world i i said it before that the engine of this movie is good could this make a pretty like a good miniseries like in the age of queen's gambit could this be a, i would actually like you don't even have to use evan i actually like just like the premise could just this the concept make a no i just that's actually concept. a great question because i wanted to bring that up i always think that we have we're in reboot culture remake culture everything is just ripe for remaking right but they Absolutely. usually just kind of remake great stuff and i don't i never understand why it's like that's that's great why mm. even touch that but then you Let's get remake the yeah. lion king right. but then you get stuff like westworld right which was based off of uh, a 1970s property which was great conceptually but maybe it wasn't executed uh, all that great and so and you before bring it's it back. time right and it was yeah. before it's time so you bring it back you give it a mini series on hbo you revamp it uh, you get different writers different team better directors you could definitely take the butterfly effect and make it good somehow. I they made seven sequels to this. I feel though, uh, direct to DVD sequels. <laughs> I believe there are two sequels that may have been direct to DVD. Yeah. That I like. I've heard of the sequels. I never looked into it. Oh, I'm not surprised. Something like this makes money. It's just like, well, just do it again. Like this was Final, also the age. Destination of, made like yeah. There's like eight of them. I believe this was the age of straight to DVD movies of and that were sequels right coming out. Uh, so I'm not surprised by that. Usually they were thrillers. Um, yeah, I think conceptually you could, if you, first of all, have something more to say about human behavior, 
some if you have i mean like anything else like interesting characters and better dialogue blah 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 but i feel like this concept in particular you could really say something about human psychology and how people are prone to make the same mistakes and you know tap into that desire to go back and change a thing or two like there is a lot of potential in this concept it's just a shame that they were content to settle for cheap thrills yeah instead of really like diving in and maybe having something actually interesting to say for does, one. does it, it's pretty muddled in their mess they're pretty like what are they even saying i don't even know what they're trying to say yeah what are they saying and do they even say it right <laughs> i thought like, because you know the the color of grass in that movie is just it's not the right color of green if you notice, well, if you look it, at the like grass. That comes down to the color palette, right? Right, it comes down to the color over palette. And over again. Right? Nothing looks natural. Nothing looks natural, but maybe the grass is greener on the other side. That was the uh, visual metaphor they were going for. I don't know. That's maybe. probably over. No, but he, he, he muddled. <laughs> no, no, the no, directors no, no. would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. Well, this guy gets it. Like you, I thought uh, like you can't change your past. Like you have to accept some things in your past, mm. but – all their lives are pretty their all their pasts are pretty awful and he does change their past. Right. He goes all the way and changes pretty much their entire lives, right? Because the issue, I suppose, was that he was trying to change their post childhood lives because all their childhoods are really shitty. But he what he had to do at the end was totally change everything, the childhoods themselves, which led to much healthier adulthood lives because then because yeah, because the Amy Smart character wasn't friends with um, Ashton Kutcher's character, she decided to live with the mom instead of the dad, and then therefore they were raised in a healthy environment, blah, blah, blah. And then she's a career woman in Manhattan wearing a white suit. The end. Uh, and by the way, cliches of cliches, when they kind of like kind of look at each other, and of course he recognizes her, but she kind of is like, hmm, who was that? Oh, well, and keeps walking. I'm like, oh, brother, like why why should she have any sort of like connection to him at that point they had a they had a field day that day cuz there are other alternate takes alternate like endings for that it's just like one of them is just they both stop and she's like do i know you from somewhere he goes no Haley, you look like a Haley he does say like you look like a Haley have, which they is they have more endings than the self abortion one uh, <laughs> yeah yeah yes oh no yes there are i actually i actually i actually the uh, the theatrical ending shows Evan passing Kaylee on the sidewalk. He sees her, but and but keeps walking. The happy ending shows Evan and Kaylee stopping on the sidewalk when they cross paths. They introduce themselves, and he, yeah, and that like two sentences in, he's like, "Do you want to go for coffee?" Which I thought he was on the phone with his girlfriend, but that's you know, another. Yeah, I mean, uh, I assume he has a to- because his life is totally different at that point. He has probably a whole different set of friends. Or maybe he just went back to the same college and that stumper he's talking to. Who knows? And the open-ended alternate ending is similar to the one where they pass each other, except this time Evan, after hesitating, turns and follows her. Okay. They must have had fun that day. I they must have said just like come that, up with anything. I kind of like that idea a little better for some reason. It's like a little less cliche. It's a little more ambiguous and kind of has more of an effective creepy feeling to it. Uh, like he's maybe gonna stalk her and not maybe not do anything bad, but maybe just kind of like find out what her life is like now. Uh, now that he's like knows where she is, I mean the odds that they would yeah. pass each other at any point. Did that ending w- still have Oasis over it though? 
Yes, I believe that was it, right? It was an Oasis song. Weird. Okay. Do I know you? Ever. Kaylee. Wow. You look like a Kaylee. Um, I'd love to get a cup of coffee with you sometime. I will say uh, this for this movie. Mm-hmm. It, okay. it, it, it tried. It tried to be very clever. And the best example of this is they, they, you know, they refer to his last name a few times in the movie. And his last name is Treborn or Treborn or something like that. And it was bothering me. Like, this is not a, a last name, is it? Treborn. And it sounds like a made-up name. Seems like a total made-up name. <laughs> a movie a movie made-up name. A total movie made-up yeah. name. And I, you know, I was I was sitting with my girlfriend. I was just saying Treborn, Treborn, and then it just hit me. His name is Evan Treborn, Event Reborn, and that is the extent of this movie oh, trying to be clever. I hate that. <laughs> Boo! Oh, Evan Treborn, Event that Reborn. That is definitely tr- who Sucks. would get that man. I I first of all. Like I tip my hat to you. I play Mad Gabs. That. I don't know if you ever play Mad Gabs, but <laughs> okay, I will now. <laughs> but, but I, if you hadn't said that, I would have never have realized that in so a million years. Is that is it clever then, <laughs> or no? It's that still is not. way that is trying way too well, hard. Well, I'm also not. You just gave. I'm, you just gave all the audience people that give this like there are people that fucking love this movie. Right, and they're, they're all like, gonna be like, see, like, see, it is. They, they hate the like don't like don't listen to the critics, and I'm like I. These comments are not written in 2004. Like, I don't... Right. God, they need to listen to this. Like, I find that can... so funny, too. Who, like, who in, like, recent years has taken the time to go on Rotten Tomatoes and write a positive review about the butterfly effect? <laughs> like, who, who has time to do that? Who thinks to do that? Because a lot of people have, apparently. Apparently. Um, uh, it's got a... What, what, what was the divide again? It was pretty big. It's, um, it's, it's a 50-something. Like, yeah, so it was uh, 81% for, approval with critics. That's uh, Sorry, with audiences. Really high It's pretty with impressive audiences. for an audience but, score, yeah. Yeah, that's like a solid B. And then you have uh, 33% from critics, which is like a very solidly bad score. So it's it's really polarizing. It's funny. You said, is this the Nickelback time travel movies? And you know what? It's not... Because it's more like it's more like Lynn Biscuit. It's more like oh, it's, <laughs> because I feel like there are people who really like that, like like really like new metal, like POD and all those bands, and they thought it was really cool and edgy, and they have fond memories of it. But when you listen to it now, you're like, okay, what was I thinking when I was yeah. a kid? And that's what Butterfly Effect comes off as to me. That's a good point because I do remember being impressed with this as a kid. I guess I was 13 when this comes out. And again, like, especially with the whole blackout sequence thing and finding out what that meant, I thought that was clever. And I wind up, I guess, feeling like, okay, that was like good and interesting. Uh, But then the more you think about it, and I guess the more you become a like um, experienced film goer and see much better films in comparison, then you realize all for for like the, the shallowness that it is. So I don't know, maybe these are fans. I guess fans that just maybe never changed their minds about it years later. I don't know if they go. They back haven't to it. watched it. They haven't watched it recently. Yeah. That's my guess. And and come at me if you did. But right. this Who's isn't Nickelback. This? this isn't Nickelback. And I had to look up the band that it reminded me of. Since if we're <laughs> this is Good Charlotte. 
Oh. This is a band. Okay. This is a movie that I might have loved in eighth grade, seventh grade, mm-hmm. or even like uh, who's the uh, if uh, there's a place off Ocean Avenue. I've been listening Yellow to Card. this music recently. Yellow Card. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like. Actually, that song still slaps. Uh, like, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous is a goofy music video. It's it's a it's a song that I I might like slap my knee to like nostalgically, but I'm kind of laughing at it. Yeah, it's in like a way, too too silly. It's um, too silly. That's funny, man. Yeah, uh, I actually I was just thinking about it. How the same writers as Final Destination Two. Because like this movie is like can be very convoluted and overthought at times, and these guys basically did the same thing to the Final Destination franchise. You guys remember Final Destination Two and like what went on in that movie? Just like a quick thing, they have like this whole. They actually figure out a way to beat death in that movie. Like you remember the concept? Like they avoid death, and now death is after them, and they come up with this whole convoluted thing that because a woman who was supposed to die was pregnant. If she gives birth, then that'll like undo death and save them or something along the lines. I don't know, but these definitely like this kind of movie keeps in line that these guys are like over plotting these concepts Mm. and maybe like just thinking about it too much. But at the same time, it comes off like they're not thinking about it enough. It's like really, it's really all over the place. Like there's too much going on that doesn't add up. They hand in their first draft, and they're like, "This is like, that's all you need. We gotta get this movie. We gotta get this movie to the to premiere." I, I, this, it, like, I feel like butterfly effect. Even the movie, like, without a miniseries or anything, if this movie underwent like a lot of like really good criticism and feedback, it could have actually like worked. Oh yeah, if it was taken more seriously, because uh, first of all, for the record, I mean, any concept can be done well. But uh, I, I would have liked to see, too, if you were to try to revisit this concept, I would prefer if you had something where the tiniest little thing that you do in the past has, like, huge consequences in the future. And it's kind of like now you're going – every time you go back to undo that little thing, you cause another little thing that takes you in a whole different direction and really explore this idea of different timelines and all the ways – it can bring you because in that regard, this movie is very uncreative uh, because uh, they, they don't really explore the idea of how different timelines can be. They just kind of are content to stay within like very specific places in time and timelines, you know, it could be, it, you should have free range. You could be put these characters anywhere. Why do they keep putting them in the same college campus? <laughs> That's I this typical movie logic stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, know. I just, I also bugs me too. It just shows like we're, how uncreative it could be, right? Like you, you have. We're so gonna get money. a stern letter, like from these two guys. <laughs> a stern email, <laughs> fine. Maybe, uh, maybe they should go back. And you write your own butterfly effect. <laughs> but if they go back, if they go back and try to rewrite butterfly effect. Would it change the out? Like, who would star in Butterfly Effect if they went back in time and changed Butterfly Effect? How would Butterfly Effect would, come out than today? It would be a different Topher actor. Grace. It would. It would. Yeah, I was gonna say a different actor <laughs> from that '70s show. <laughs> 
and and instead of instead of Amy Smart, it would be Tara Reed. Oh yes, <laughs> um, yes. Like it would just be slightly different, not that different. Oh man. Um, okay, let me see. Alden Henson, like I like I I always feel like I didn't know who he was until Daredevil. I feel like he was good and like yeah. All, uh, you said before, Bobby, all the actors were like. Fine. Actually, I would make Thumper the lead. Fuck yeah, it. I'd I would make, make Thumper. Thumper the lead. But I love how like Topher Take... Grace could possibly portray him in an alternate timeline. <laughs> <laughs> like I could, I would buy it. Maybe I don't know. Sure. I'd buy the recast. Thumper, um, I, I'm with you though. Give it, Thumper, give Butterfly man. Effect from the perspective of Thumper. Does he look? He doesn't. Even, what is it? Who? Who's named Thumper? <laughs> I don't even. It's from the name too. The more I think about this character, the more he boggles my mind. <laughs> we should give him a spinoff. Because it seems to me, in some of the timelines, it doesn't even exist. Because sometimes Lenny is his roommate. Yes. Right? And I'm like, well, what happened to Thumper? <laughs> Where's Thumper? Yeah, there's no closure for Thumper. No. That's my biggest like... criticism of the film. Look, Jason, I need some fast answers from you if I'm ever going to fix what I've done. I was praying this curse would have ended with me. Yeah, but it didn't. So now I need information to make things right again. And you're the only one that can give it to me. There is no right. You can't change who people are without destroying who they were. Who says you can't make things better? You can't play God, son. It must end with me. Just by being here, you may be killing your mother. That's bullshit. Okay, so I think, yeah, we're far along enough now. We can, like, sum it up, give our final thoughts, final scores for Butterfly Effect, see who we side with. So, uh, Bobby, um, you know, take us home here. What what is what is your final take on this movie, and what's your percentage score? Yeah, so I, I kind of agree with the consensus for the most part. I I, I would of the Rotten Tomatoes consensus. It, it is conceptually uh, well done. It is grim. It can be compelling at points. Yes, but yeah, overall, you're right. It, it can't it can't decide. On its own, it doesn't know whether to take itself too seriously. It doesn't know whether it's just being exploitative trash at times. Yes. And I'm and yeah, when I say exploitative trash, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. I get that seems <laughs> it's disgusting. Underline italicized. Like, it's yeah, really like I watched this movie again and was like, ew. Like a lot of this felt, movie was just uncomfortable. I felt dirty during several sequences where I'm like, why am I watching this? Uh, and I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm not a prude or anything, but at least the movies where I see, like, where shock value sometimes is justified, I, I'll, I'll be like, oh, I can kind of recommend it. Something like Saw mm-hmm. or something is sort of justified, but this sometimes is like, it's for the I sake don't know. of it. Yeah, yeah, it's just gross. Yeah, especially when you're, you're, it basically undermines the potential of the concept too. Um, so what would your what would your percentage be? Uh, it's like a th- it's like a straight up it's a thirty five to forty it's misery porn with a good with a good idea. <laughs> okay, we'll put you down at a, a thirty five there. Yeah. Um, okay, and then Keith, your final. Oh, thoughts? like let me knock off ten. It has brown face. It's a twenty five. <laughs> oh, wait, when does that happen? Oh yeah, like oh, I was saying, in jail. Uh, it uh, in jail the inmate 
Pablo, the guy he has to convince. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they, I got to dock at 10 points the, for that. They, they whitewash the Hispanic character. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Ashton Kutcher uncomfortably using racial slurs. Yeah. It, that's where uh, I was like, yeah. ooh. And it's I, like, too, when he's like when he's pretending to submit to the, the skinheads, like, oh, no. Unnecessary. That, totally horrible. Unnecessary. That's, uh, it was just cringe, like, cringeworthy for that. Yeah. Uh, so 25. Yeah, you put me <laughs> back. Put me at 25. Yeah. <laughs> 25. Yeah, will do. Uh, for me, I rem- uh, just a quick little story. I remember a, a little movie a year before in 2003. A couple of my friends and I went to go see Freddy vs. Jason, and we thought it was the best movie ever. We probably would have given it an 81. I had no concept of movies and celebrity. I had no – I'm not – I wasn't who the person who I was today. And then we showed it uh, a year later or a couple months later at an eighth grade something – and we're like, this movie's amazing. Watch it, everybody. And when we saw it again, we're like, oh, this movie's really bad. No, <laughs> nice uh, going. <laughs> Great this is how I – this brought back all those feelings. It's just like I might have had good – I might have thought this was pretty fun watching on a Friday night in the mall with friends and watching it now. I will at least give it the benefit of that. It made me laugh. It made me laugh at it. It's silly enough. I don't know if it's as – funny as battlefield earth or showgirls or the room i don't even i don't think it would it's even in my top like 20 bad movies but it's if it's on there are some certain certain things that would make you laugh i so i might be a little generous and just give it a 35 there are some really funny unintentional moments and like hysterical like i was i was in hysterics at one point in the movie. I'll save you, lady. I'll save I think you, I'm lady. Gonna be qu- I think that's in my lexicon. I think that's my lexicon Honestly, now. Like it's horrible to even say this, but the CGI in the amputee scene is hilarious. Like there's this so bad. It's so, so hard. Oh, bad. I don't want to. The fact when she gives him a granola bar. Oh, I was just gonna like, mention that. <laughs> that was so bad. That was that like, was, like I, I thought it was a fe- funny. Like, the, but the way they shot it, it's just like he grabs it and just crushes it in his hand, and I'm like, oh my god! It felt like laugh. the movie wanted to be funny for a moment, and it failed completely. Yeah, for yes, a split second. And it's not—it's the wrong time. It's like he's raising his hands up in the air, going like, "I got why? Like, why?" A granola bar is the worst thing you could possibly give to someone who's using those uh, those things. Oh, man. but yeah. I, so inappropriate for the five unintentional laughs though that i got it's a really hard sit like i said i was like squirming in my seat a lot of the times like yeah yeah you for every sort of like chuckle or funny commentary you can do you get 10 more sort of cringy moments yeah and i wasn't expecting it to be like i was like this isn't a 33 no it it is like oh yeah it is you know, I feel like this movie falls into this sort of energy that some of these early to mid-2000s movies have where everything was, like, extreme. And, yeah. like, like a Freddy vs. Jason, for example, or, like, Eight-Legged Freaks and these kind of movies that were just so, like, over-the-top in a very unaware sort of way. And... Uh, uh, that is like that was that was a turnoff for me back then, and it's it's still a turnoff for me now. Uh, so, yeah, the tastelessness is a big problem and a waste of an interesting idea. So, uh, yeah, I think I will agree with you guys, and I'll go, I'll go with the uh, I'll go with the thirty on this one. I'll place myself in the in 
in the middle. So that should probably be our average as well, right? The 30%? Yep. All right. We don't recommend this movie. (laughs) (laughs) This feels like a 30%-ish kind of movie, right? When you think about scales of badness, right, you have kind of like 40 to 50% movies that are like, like, you know, like kind of bad, maybe some good moments. And then when you get into this 30% range, that's when you start to get into like solidly very bad territory. And this movie is definitely in that territory. Uh, So I think that's appropriate. So, uh... It is official that on the butterfly effect, we are siding with the critics. Uh, so I will not be going back in time to revisit my memories of this movie, except maybe to stop myself from watching it. Uh, let's see what kind of effect that has on my future <laughs> timeline. I'll wake up with no arms. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised we. it took us till now to make a butterfly effect joke about watching this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I was wondering for someone to... <laughs> shove it out there but there has to be some critics what are you gonna do there has to be a critic review that's like yeah i would go back in time and not watch this or something like that roger ebert called it a metaphysical mess and i'm like that's a good way yeah that's a good good way you know what too um there's a pretty funny family guy joke that they made about this movie it's like i I think the episode they're stuck there they go into a panic room when like burglars break in and someone's like, wow, Peter, like what gave you the idea to watch to get, to get a panic room. And you know, the movie panic room had come out recently, I guess. And so he's like, yeah, it's after I watched that movie, the butterfly effect. I thought to myself, <laughs> how can I get away from this movie? <laughs> like this is the perfect kind of movie to like that kind of joke. about. Um, all right. Well, thanks Bobby for uh, joining yeah, us thanks, today. Man. And oh, absolutely. The butterfly effect. This was a lot of fun having you on, and uh, hopefully we can get you on again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I'll, I'll do one more plug. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Bobby Torino. This is my name. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I, I know. I, glad, I, I, don't, I never want to revisit this again. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> we'll, we'll give I, you fun. one that you will enjoy. You know, I like to mix it up, and yeah, if, if we get someone on for a movie they like, then hopefully I can find someone that something they can be more critical about, and it'll be vice versa for you. We'll get we'll get something you will enjoy watching yeah, <laughs> and enjoy yeah. talking about uh, for sure. Uh, so thanks again, Bobby, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. And join us again next time for another divided film. Thanks a lot. Bye.